Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome back to Money Talk. Greg Somerville along with Craig Snyder. Uh, mentioned that Tim Sloan is stepping down at Wells Fargo on the stock jump. And we got on the, on the subject of, of, um, of crises in financial companies or controversies in financial companies. And I just mentioned that there seems to be one at every firm that I've worked at over the past 35 years. And the one I mentioned was E.F. Hutton got in trouble back in the late 80s for a check-kiting scandal. And what they were somehow doing was taking the float on their client's money for several days and adding it to their bottom line. And so that came public. And, and interest rates were really high back then. So, it was a right, bigger was dollar a, amount. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And uh, so they said, who can we have speak to the public that's really going to get our good name back? And they hired somebody and paid them millions of dollars to sit in a stool and look into the camera and say that E.F. Hutton had messed up and now they're going to be the best firm going forward. And it was the most credible man in America at that point. And you know who it was? I didn't know who it was. Bill Cosby. He was. He did it in between Jello commercials. And Bill Cosby <laughs> said, "Yeah, Hutton is the best firm out there." And uh, so, so yeah, so so, even, so yeah, so anyway, Wells Fargo, I, I think, it, is going to be fine. Yeah. Even though the this well, the stock went up when this guy retired. So, but it is a well-run company. It's very sound, secure. Um, you I, know, I get I, a little nervous if Warren Buffett sold it. Uh, that kind of gives me a little comfort that. Uh, but really, I mean, we're you know, I'm a client of Coastal and Coastal is a client of Wells Fargo. It's not as if, you know, I'm not a W-2 employee of Wells right. Fargo and and, uh, and none of this stuff happened. It had to do with the, the way that And as, they just push paperwork for you. They're really an administrator. Exactly. And, and exactly. Not, yeah, you don't have to follow. Wells Fargo isn't right. saying I don't Coastal. follow their research or their... Their rules right. and exactly. what you have to do and there's exactly. no bonuses for, for doing anything from them. Exactly. Um, so I, I came across another thing which is uh, wealth destroyers. So what is it that destroys wealth? Everybody's trying to build wealth and we all know, well, most of us know what helps us build wealth in the way of earnings and investing and, and all those things. Well, but what destroys wealth? And one of the things I was going to say is um, <laughs> bay houses destroy wealth. Oh. <laughs> I wasn't thinking that. I was thinking women divorce. Well, that's what we're going to know. That's what we're getting well, to. Um, uh, and so this is from Steve Burns. He's a guy I follow on Twitter in the financial area, and he's a good follow. He has he, a lot of interesting things. But his, addictions okay. are one thing, and especially one of the things a lot of families are facing right now is, especially with the opioid crisis, a lot of kids are having to go in and out of different rehabs, and some of it's covered, some of it's not uh, through insurance. And so that's a, a big drain, and sometimes an addiction within a marriage can mm-hmm. cause the same thing. Uh, so addictions destroy wealth. Parasitic relationships, I guess that's somebody who you're supporting for whatever reason. Leverage, borrowing too much money. Uh, a lot of people in different, uh, especially in the real estate bubble, got caught with too much leverage, owning too many properties when the music stopped well, and owning and too much money on them. Stock market, absolutely. Yep, yep. I think people... 
Look, I use zero margin anymore. I, I Early in my career, I traded on margin a little bit. But to believe that you're going to outperform over a long period of time, the, the, what you're going to pay on your margin is, is in almost all cases foolish, in my opinion. Uh, so really careful with leverage. That's really a good one. And, and hey, leverage, what about leverage to, to pay for education? Leverage borrowing to, to pay for education. There's, there's a lot of problem there. Materialism, I think what they're referring to here is going out and getting the newest, shiniest car, or buying maybe more house than you really need or is appropriate or, or furnishing it in a lavish way above and beyond what your needs are. That could be another one. Laziness is a wealth destroyer. I think it's certainly when you're talking about multi-generational wealth, that's a big one because usually the person who's accumulated the wealth, it's unlikely. They could probably, they could have a lot of faults. They might have moral challenges. They might have, have some of the, you know, some of the other negative traits. But chances are pretty bad that if you've accumulated a lot of wealth over a long period of time, that you're super lazy. Um, but I think on a multi-generational basis, that happens a lot where somebody's kind of given things throughout their life and, and i think you said the the chinese say that wealth doesn't last more than three generations yeah yeah i've heard that and uh that laziness might be why affairs divorce these are all fun ones huh um spendthrift spouses now a spouse can be a male or a female all you sexists out there all right uh big risks we always say on this show, don't take more risk than you have to take to get where you want to go. And I think that's a good one. Partying. There you go. So, you know, I guess there's better and worse ways to destroy wealth, too. So if you, if you want to party a little bit. Greed. Yeah. I mean, the, greed. I think greed goes with. Um, one of those. Oh, you know what they don't end up here? Gambling. Well, that would be an addiction. Big risks. Then that could also come in big risks. Big risks could come with greed as well. Yeah. But, uh. Yeah, fear and greed are the two things we're constantly battling against when it comes to the emotions that have us making bad decisions in the stock market. Uh, so another interesting, I'm a little all over the place, but I wanted to get to some stuff that I had stored up. If you look at the U.S. market from 1899 through 2019, you want to take a guess what percentage of the world market was in 1899? Of the oh, world market cap. You know what I'm saying? Oh, like oh, yeah. If you look at all the stocks in the world and it's $100, right. I'll it's give you a hint. 10, 10%, 8%. Currently, it's 53.3% of the world's stock market value. So, in, the US. in what year was this? 1899. So, I'm guessing that in 1899, we were probably ahead of a lot of the, third, the other smaller countries. So, maybe 75, 80%. You had it right the first time. Oh, eight. Fifteen percent. Fifteen percent. Yeah, and because there was no so, world trade. So the U.S. market has really beaten beaten other markets in performance for a very long period of time. And one of the things I think U.S. U.S. investors wrestle with is how much to have domestically and how much to have overseas, um, because um, our knowledge base and our comfort level is is mostly focused on domestic stocks. Uh, I think we tend to have probably maybe a little, I think I tend to have maybe a little more than I should domestically. So that's just something I'm noodling on lately. Like to have some money in, in some um, some emerging markets. Uh, a lot of the names that I deal with end up being international names uh, because uh, they're, they're just either companies that do business internationally or a company like Unilever, which is, is based in the, in the United Kingdom. Uh, so, so I do get an international flavor, but it is amazing to think by how much the U.S. markets have outperformed other markets. Article went on to say that in the 70s and 80s, 
Asia outperformed the U.S. by a lot. Right. But if you look over the past 40 years, U.S. markets have outperformed the world by a lot. And the concern or the thinking is we're a more mature economy now. We're, we're, you know, we have a lot of advantages in our education system and, and, other, and technology and over a lot of other countries. Um, but we're a more mature economy now. And, and how are we going to compete on the growth side with some of the countries that are smaller and, and, and so and the markets that are not as, as large market cap wise. So just an interesting discussion and uh, you know something to continue to think about. Um, a lot of interesting things going on in stocks, obviously coming off a really, really strong quarter. Ordinarily, when you have a quarter this strong, I, I think for the past few years, you've had interest rates go up because what people have said or thought or, or surmised is that as the stock market gets stronger, reflecting a stronger economy, that some of the emergency measures that were put into place for the, by the Fed during the financial crisis would slowly be lifted off and that rates would become normalized. Well, lo and behold, that's not really what's happening on this part of the cycle. When it looked like that the growth in the economy was starting to stall, you had the Fed sort of reevaluate where we were in terms of interest rates, and in part because of some numbers that have come out that indicate that maybe growth isn't what people thought or hoped it might be in part because of some some uh, bullying or, or talking talking about the Fed badly by by President Trump to to kind of they've gone kind of back to the corner here. So the result of that or one of the results of that or a result of the weaker economy is that despite the fact that the stock market's up a pretty big percentage in the first quarter, you're seeing interest rates come down here. And when we come back, I want to hear Craig talk a little bit about what that's doing to mortgage rates. And and what if he's talking to any of his experts, what they see, because I don't I don't know how many experts I think the number zero saw a, a rip roaring stock market in the first quarter with interest rates that were down in the first quarter. I don't know who predicted that. If, if you have anybody, oh, that, that I know. let me know. But uh, I think both of those things were. I think if you gave pers- if you spotted somebody one of those things, they right. would have guessed that the other wasn't possible. Right. So um, this is Greg Somerville along with Craig Snyder talking about the investment world, and Craig focuses more on debt management and mortgages. And uh, if you have any questions, feel free to reach out. Our contact info is on the bumpers here, and uh, SomervilleInvestments.com is how you'd look me up. And uh, you can find me at csnyder.net. Greg, we'll be back in just a couple minutes. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.